Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. First Kings chapter 2, and we'll look at the first four verses this morning. So let me once again wish all the dads here happy Father's Day this morning. And here in 1 Kings 2, 1 through 4, we see a time of transition for God's people Israel, even more so a time of transition in the life of King David and his son Solomon. David's about to leave this earth here in this passage for his heavenly home. And he gives some life-giving last words to his son, who is now going to be king. I've always found the last words of people uh, to be interesting. Sometimes they're powerful and they're motivational. Uh, Sometimes they're quite sad. Uh, Sir Winston Churchill, a great World War II uh, era leader of Great Britain, his last words were, I'm rather bored with it all. Um, Joan Crawford, actress from Hollywood's golden era, she had maybe the saddest last words I've ever heard. She had a housekeeper was praying at her deathbed, at her bedside, and in her final moments, Joan Crawford's last words were an expletive followed by, don't you dare pray for me. And maybe you've heard of General John Sedgwick. He was a Union Army general in the Civil War, uh, wounded three times in the Battle of Antietam, but then the, uh, he, he led the Union Army in the Battle of Spotsylvania Courthouse up in Virginia. Uh, other officers warned him about the proximity of the Confederate troops, and General Sedgwick's last words were literally, gentlemen, they could not hit an elephant at this dist. That was it. They did hit an elephant at that distance. Um, but here, King David, and the Bible describes him how, a man after God's own heart. We have his last words to his son Solomon, 1 Kings 2, 1 through 4, and they're powerful In his final moments, David speaks about what is most important in life. He reminds his son, he reminds all of us here this morning of God's steadfast love, of God's instruction for us to have a stable, successful life, and of God's covenant promise to those who are his. These are powerful, life-giving last words that we would do well to communicate to our children. Let's read verses 1 through 4. It says, Now the days of David drew nigh, That he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. And that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, said God, a man on the throne of Israel. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this passage you've given us here. Definitely um, life-giving last words, motivating, powerful last words from uh, a man that you describe in your word as a man after your own heart, a man after your own choosing, a man 
that um, although not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, uh, had a testimony in his life of loving you and living for you. And Lord, I, I pray that that's a testimony of every individual here, fathers, mothers, even young people. And, and Lord, I pray that um, we would hear the words of David here, these life-giving last words, and then we would heed them, that we would uh, allow your Holy Spirit to make them a part of our lives, conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. David first speaks here of, of a steadfast love uh, in the first two verses of chapter 2 here. Uh, David senses that his time on earth is coming to a close. Verse 1 says that he charged Solomon, his son. Literally, he commanded, uh, gave some commands to Solomon. David tells his son that his passing is near. and so doing, he's reminding Solomon of the brevity of life. God reminds us of that throughout his word. In James 4, 14, God says that our life is a vapor. It easily vanishes, appears for a little time, but then vanishes away. Uh, in Psalm 90, verse 12, God instructs us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Even in uh, 1 Chronicles 29, 15, David prayed this earlier in his life. Uh, he said, our days on earth are as a shadow. And I have no doubt that Solomon was very aware of this reality, of the brevity of life, as he saw his father, as he listened to his dad's last life-giving words, seeing this once mighty warrior king about to go to his heavenly home. And you know, it's beneficial for you and I to recognize the brevity of life. In this context, it's definitely a context. Uh, in this passage, it's a context. Uh, it is a backdrop that makes everything David is about to say here even more powerful, more meaningful to us. David tells his son in verse 2, be strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. David says, I'm leaving, and God is going to have you, Solomon, lead his people now, son. So be strong. Be a man. Now, some of you are the dads of daughters. Please don't tell them to be a man. We've got enough of that going on in this world right now. Uh, but please do tell them to be strong. That can be a message for sons or, or daughters. I, I look around this sanctuary as I was uh, writing this message uh, earlier this week, and people kept popping into my mind. Some of the ladies in our church, some young, some a little less young, who have great strength. Uh, modern day and future Deborahs and Huldas and Esthers. Praise the Lord for strong Christian young ladies and not so young ladies. Amen? Thankful for them. We need strong young men and ladies. We need to be encouraging our boys and girls to be strong in the Lord, right? To be strong in the Lord. Because they're living in a world where great strength is going to be required to love the Lord and to live for him. To stand for the principles of God's word. Uh, to rely on the promises of God's word. David had a steadfast love for Solomon. Solomon was a son that he had fathered with his wife Bathsheba. And Solomon... Uh, for David, Solomon was a living testimony right there in front of him of God's great grace, how God can turn a terrible mess that we have made into a message. God can turn tragedy into a testimony. He can, he can truly uh, create beauty from ashes. But, but it was God's steadfast love, God's steadfast love, God's mercy, his covenant love. It's never ending always there for us 
entirely unmerited. We do not deserve it. It was God's steadfast love. That is truly the foundation of David's life, and it's what undergirds all these life-giving last words that David is about to speak. He wants to point Solomon to God's steadfast love. He wants to point you and I here this morning to God's steadfast love. Everything David is about to command now and say is only possible because of God's steadfast love for us in Jesus Christ. If we look at verse 3, the next thing David does is he uses his final breaths here to tell his son how to have a stabilized life, how to have a successful life. God uh, has David described to Solomon and to us what being a strong and godly man looks like in verse 3. Verse, verses 1 and 2, they, they kind of position all of us who have trusted in Jesus as Savior. They position us within the steadfast love of God. But verse 3 is definitely where uh, the positional becomes practical. I know that every dad here this morning, uh, you want uh, your little ones to experience the best. You want them to be the best that they can be. Um, you want them to be as, as successful as possible, to have stability in life. And God defines what success and stability look like here in verse 3. Let's make sure our view on a successful life, a stable life, is the same as the Lord's. Let's read it once more. Verse 3. David told Solomon, keep the charge of the Lord thy God. Keep his commandments. Walk in his ways. Keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies. All different terms to describe the word of God. As it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. Dad, make sure that you and your family and your kids know the charge of the Lord your God. That you know his word. You can't keep what you don't know. Teach your kids to be strong in a world that is trying to, to weaken them incessantly by making sure that you, dad, are walking in God's ways. You are keeping God's statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, so that they do as well. This world says success is over here. Or you're going to find stability in life this way. God says it is right here. That's what verse 3 is all about. God says it's here. Amen? This is where success is. This is where stability, a stabilized life will be found. A life aligned with God's word. A life lived according to God's word. I praise God that you, you love your kids enough, Dad, and you seek that they know success and stability in life so that you've decided to bring them to church this morning, but I sure hope that you realize that you teach them much more than I or, or anyone else here possibly can. You do, Dad. You have access to them. You have an audience with them that those who teach them here at church, they'll never be privileged to have. Not in quantity, not in quality. I hope you realize this morning that the most powerful way that you teach your children, the little ones God has given you to lead the most powerful way you teach them is by example. Dads, your kids will be influenced much more by the demonstrative than the didactic. You can tell them over and over how important it is to know God's word and to keep God's word and that the key to having a successful life and a stabilized life is by walking according to God's ways, just as it says here in verse 3. But dad, if your walk does not match your talk, they will learn all right. They just won't learn what you intend to teach them. 
the promise of a successful life, a stabilized life from, from knowing God's word, from, from obeying God's word, from walking in God's ways. The promise is found at the end of verse 3. David says to his son, that, do all these things, know God's word, walk in his ways, obey everything God's word says, that, so that you may prosper in everything you do and wherever you go. Isn't that what God had promised to his people through Joshua in the passage that Teddy read for us earlier this morning? That's what he promises every one of us here right now. God says in Joshua 1, 8, the book, this book of the law, it shall not depart out of your mouth. You need to be meditating therein day and night. That, so that, thou mayest observe to do all according to all that is written therein. There can be no do uh, without knowing what to do. And then Joshua 1, 8 says this, for then, then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, then Thou shalt have good success. Dad, do you want your kids to have success in life, stability in life? Well, here's God's definition of it. And here's God's direction for how to, to have it. Know God's word and make sure that they know it. Live according to God's word so that they will live it. These are life-giving last words from David to Solomon to every dad here. Now, before we move on to verse 4, I want to address one more thing. Don't be discouraged, Dad. He says, be strong. <laughs> Show thyself a man. Don't be discouraged because maybe, maybe this hasn't been happening in your life uh, in leadership. Maybe if you, you did a, a quick evaluation of, of how you're doing, if you're following what God says here in verse 3, then you might find that you haven't been perfectly walking in God's ways or keeping his commands. I don't want you to see these verses here like sometimes um, that can be the temptation on Mother's Day if we grab Proverbs 31, you know, and you're like, how am I supposed to do that? You know, um, the same type of thing. Don't be discouraged. Let's not forget who's speaking these life-giving last words here, right? It's David, a man after God's own heart, yes, but a man who struggled with pride, and a man who struggled with lust, and a man who, if we were to look at, at his family relationships, had some serious issues. But he struggled, right? He didn't give up. He didn't give in to those things. You know who David also was? He was a man who kept short accounts with God. That's how God's word describes him. Do you understand what that means to keep short accounts with God? It means that whenever David was presented with his sin, whether it was by Nathan the prophet as far as the adultery and murder with Bathsheba and Uriah, or whenever the Holy Spirit would convict David of sin, whenever that would happen, whenever some failure, inadequacy, or some instance of David not walking in God's ways or keeping God's commands, whenever that was brought to David's attention, he immediately, immediately confessed. There were no excuses offered. There was no, well, this is just who I am. This is how I've always been. No, David immediately confessed and repented and turned in faith to God, and he turned back to God for help to change. So don't be discouraged, but follow David's example. Is that you? How often do your kids see that? They need to. God knows you're not perfect. He does not expect you to be dead. Your kids know that you're not perfect, and they don't expect you to be either. But do you teach them what to do when they are confronted 
with the reality that they are not walking in God's ways or keeping his commands? Do, do you demonstrate what they're to do by your own humble confession and repentance? Will they know? Will your kids know by your example, by, by what you do, that the thing to do when we have left the path to success in a stable life, the thing to do is to immediately confess and repent and turn to the Lord? Will they ever know by what you do that should they ever find themselves detoured from the road to success and stability in life that the on-ramp back onto that road is on our knees at the altar? There's a subsequent lesson in verse 4. It begins with another that. And uh, it, it, in it, God gives Solomon and he gives us a subsequent lesson. David tells his son, know God's commands. Verse 3, uh, keep God's commands. Walk in God's way so that the Lord, verse 4 says, so that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, if thy children take heed to their way and to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, said God. There shall not fail thee to be a man on the throne of Israel. What is God talking about here? What is David talking about here in verse 4? He's talking about the Davidic covenant. He's talking about the promise that God made to David decades earlier. That if David's descendants, if they would honor God with their whole life, just like David had, God would forever have a descendant of David on the throne of his people Israel. Now, of course, we know from God's word that the human side of that covenant didn't last much beyond Solomon. David's descendants would turn from God. They turned from walking his ways. They turned from keeping God's commandments. And eventually, there wouldn't be. There wouldn't be a descendant of David on the throne. But here's the subsequent lesson. Until. Until Matthew chapter 1 and 2. And Luke chapter 1 and 2, right? Until a little baby is born in Bethlehem in the city of David, Jesus Christ, God incarnate, David's descendant, Jesus. God's son would come to live among us, and, and he'd come to die for us and rise from the grave for us. And then he would ascend to heaven where he sits on the throne, reigning from there, reigning in and through his church that he bought with his shed blood. And one day, could be today, could be before we leave here this morning, that'd be great. One day, Jesus returning in full and final fulfillment of God's covenant with David. When Jesus ascended into heaven and from where he reigns there, he gave all those who repent and believe, everybody who receives him as their personal savior, he gave us a gift. He gave us his Holy Spirit to indwell us forever, to fill us, to empower us, to be able to do everything that David commands Solomon to do here and, and every dad here to do this morning. If you have received Jesus as your Savior, Dad, you have the Holy Spirit with you. You have the capability to be strong and show yourself a man. You have the actual ability to keep the charge of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to obey his word. And when that doesn't happen in our lives, perfectly. The Holy Spirit then uses God's word to convict us of sin, to communicate to us that hey, you're, you're off the path, you're off the road to success and stability in life, and, and thereby you're leading your kids that way too. And that's a subsequent lesson that we have here. We have the gospel. That's what verse 4 is all about. 
pointing to Jesus Christ. It's only because of him and what he has done for us that we have the ability to hit our knees and to confess our sin and our need for God's grace to guide us back, thereby teaching our kids that way too, the way, the way, the truth, and life, Jesus Christ, the gospel. These are life-giving last words. These are life-transforming last words that God has communicated to all of us this morning. Dads, are you demonstrating what devotion to the Lord looks like? Are you leading your kids to the life-giving word by how you live? And if not, and because of what God offers us in Jesus Christ, would you then confess that? Would you commit to do that this morning in obedience to the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit? Would you commit this morning and say, Lord, I want my walk to match my talk. I know that teaches so much more powerfully than anything I might say. Would someone say here this morning, Lord, Lord, I'm done with pride. I am done with self-sufficiency trying to do this on my own. I know I can't do it. So, um, Lord, help me to show those you have given me to lead. Help me to show them where the on-ramp back onto the road of success and stability in life is, that, that it's on bended knee, and that it's uh, with a humble heart before God. I mean, really, I'm just asking, will you demonstrate the gospel by what you do? As Tommy comes and leads us in a, a time to respond to God's word, however the Holy Spirit has used God's life, God's life-giving words to call you to respond today, I just ask that you'd obey.